Welcome to the podcast for Epworth United Methodist Church in Berkeley, California. I'm Pastor Kristen Stone King. Our mission at Epworth is to live out God's love for all. We strengthen our faith as we worship, study, develop a creative, supportive community, and serve others. Together, we encourage each other, challenge each other, and welcome all people on their journey of faith. We are a reconciling congregation, meaning that persons of all sexual orientations and gender identities are welcomed to help transform our church and our world into the full expression of Christ's inclusive love. We are a sanctuary church advocating for the rights and dignity of immigrants, and we stand in solidarity with the movement for Black Lives. Our podcast blends a taste of the music that we experience here in worship on Sunday mornings, along with a scripture reading and a message. from Luke chapter 2 verses 1 to 20 in which the birth of Jesus is told in those days a decree went out from Emperor Augustus that all the world should be registered this was the first registration and was taken while Quirinius was governor of Syria all went to their own towns to be registered Joseph went from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to the city of David called Bethlehem. He was descended from the house and family of David. He went to be registered with Mary, to whom he was engaged and who was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for her to deliver her child, and she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in bands of cloth 
and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. In that region, there were shepherds living in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. Do not be afraid, for see, I am bringing you good news of great joy for all the people. To you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a child wrapped in bands of cloth and lying in a manger. Suddenly, there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace among those whom he favored. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go now to Bethlehem and see what has taken place which the Lord has made known to us. So they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the child lying in the manger. When the shepherds saw them, they explained what they had been told about this child. All who heard it were amazed. But Mary treasured all these words and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned to their flocks, glorifying and praising God for what they had heard and seen. This ends the reading.
Will you pray with me, please? Gracious and loving God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O God, our strength and our redeemer. Amen. The writer, professor, and activist, Bell Hooks, died this week at the age of 69. I received this news with profound sadness and yet celebration for her life. I suspect many in our congregation are aware of her work. She was a champion of love and justice, and she did this primarily through her vocation as an educator. And so as a, a congregation with so many educators, I, I know and trust that many in this congregation have been moved by her work. She explained in exquisite prose and poetry how the act of educating is, or could be, a communal, transgressive, revolutionary act, bringing us all to a world we long for. She wrote about grace and spirituality and love and healing and brought such clarity to these topics that just reading her words always not only inspired me to be more, but assured me that I was already enough. My wife Elizabeth and I were and are both devotees of Bell Hooks. And in fact, just after, uh, minutes after I received the notification on my phone, I was here in the office working. I got a text from Elizabeth making sure that I had heard the news and commiserating together. We first encountered her work in graduate school and seminary in the early 1990s and found that she reflected who we were and who we hoped to be. In the year between my first church appointment in Lawrence, Kansas and moving to California, we lived one year in Minneapolis. And during that year, McAllister College, which is in St. Paul, hosted bell hooks for a public lecture, a free public lecture. We were so excited. We put the date on our calendars and we talked about going incessantly, anticipating hearing her speak the words that had animated the truth of our existence and given articulation to our longings. And then the day finally came. It was January. So of course the snow in St. Paul, Minnesota was high, but it wasn't snowing that evening and the sidewalks were clear. The lights in McAllister's Memorial Chapel were glowing brightly for the evening event as we approached. And as we entered, we saw that the place was already packed. We thought we were getting there early, uh, but we, instead we headed to the balcony. The room was abuzz with anticipation. And then Bell Hooks took the stage and spoke. And she was not what we expected. I admit I often associate wisdom and presentations by intellectuals with deep and sonorous voices. And it turns out that Bell Hook's voice is actually quite high on the register. And then in the course of her presentation, she mentioned her partner. And very quickly, she followed that up with the pronoun he. Elizabeth and I looked at each other in shock. How could this be? 
A radical feminist is not gay? Well, I wonder what the voice of the angel who came to the shepherds and spoke the words, do not be afraid, sounded like. Was it melodious, as we've been taught to imagine? Or was it surprising in volume or tone or pitch? Knowing what we know about how God works, I think the voice of the one angel who spoke first to the shepherds probably wasn't exactly melodious. God usually has to get our attention by knocking us off the foundation of what we think we know and what we expect to hear. But once God has our attention, then then that's the critical moment. Will we stay in the state of surprise and confusion about the voice or dress or appearance of the messenger, so much so that we miss the message? Will we open to a new way of understanding or just ignore or discard the disequilibrium, quickly seeking solid ground at the expense of the message in the discordant note? When God finally breaks through the shell of our realities, constructed through the lens of our self-focus and our preconceived notions, and has our attention, will we hear the message? We've been focusing this season on angels among us and the way God uses messengers to reach us. The first part of the angel's message is always, do not be afraid. And over and over this Advent, we've sought to embrace that message. It's an important message for us, especially at this time. But in a way, that message is only the precursor to the the heart of the message, the thing that we must do first in order to hear that heart of the message. In today's scripture, the voice of the first angel saying, do not be afraid, is followed by the announcement of Jesus' birth, followed by a whole company of angels saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace to those on whom God's favor rests. Favor, as we learned when we explored this word in Mary's story a couple of weeks ago, means not God's favorite, but God's support, God's approval, God's unconditional love for all of us. The message of this heavenly host is quite simply, what is coming is a gift of love to those who are beloved. In the United Methodist tradition, the fourth Sunday of Advent is the Sunday of love. And though this message of the heavenly host may seem simple, love, the defining, the experiencing, the trusting, of love can be elusive in our lives. In her book, All About Love, Bell Hooks said, it is far easier to talk about loss than about love. It is easier to articulate the pain of love's absence than to describe its presence and meaning in our lives. Hooks wrote that she spent years searching for a meaningful definition of the word love and was deeply relieved when she found one in psychiatrist M. Scott Peck's classic self-help book, The Road Less Traveled. Peck defined love as 
the will to extend oneself for the purpose of nurturing one's own and another's spiritual growth. Love is as love does. Love is an act of will, namely both an intention and an action. Will also implies choice. We do not have to love, we choose to love. When we hear the phrase, choose to love, we, we hear, I think, a, a directional, as in love that emanates out from us, that we engage, the giving of love, the entering into love from the innermost parts of ourselves to the out, outer world, from me to the other. But what God is continually trying to tell us in Advent is that to choose love is also about accepting love. Are you accepting the love that people are trying to give you? Are you accepting the love that God is trying to reach you with? The message of the messengers is do not be afraid. Love is coming. Open to love. Accept love. I am love. We are love. Share love. In her book about love, Hooks explains that awakening to love can happen only when we let go of our obsession with power and domination. She then goes on to say cultures of domination rely on the cultivation of fear as a way to ensure obedience. It promotes the desire for separation when we are taught that safety lies always with sameness, then difference of any kind will appear as a threat. When I think of my own initial response to encountering the real human person, bell hooks, as opposed to the bell hooks I read filtered through my self-focused lens, it's interesting to me that what was initially off-putting was that hooks did not present according to my own self-preconceived uh, standards of what our shared marginality looks and sounds like. Of course, the irony is that these were standards that I held about the radical non-standardness of marginality. And in my standards was the insidiousness of domination. Voices should sound like this. Feminist activists should be this way or that way. Standards always require a center or a normative or an accepted. And when there is an accepted, the corollary is an unaccepted. But instead of standards, Hooks proclaims freedom in spaces of difference and marginality. As to her sexual identity, she calls herself queer, paw, gay, using paw from the French to signify not. So basically meaning queer, not gay. Hooks describes queer as being about the self that is at odds with everything around it. And it has to invent and create and find a place to speak and to thrive and to live. I wonder at that moment that the angel, then the heavenly host of angels, spoke to the shepherds. 
It seems that with the angel's announcement, the shepherds realize themselves at odds with everything around them. In a sense, maybe they realized their queerness. They realized they were being called into a new place to invent and create and speak and thrive and live. And they left everything and they followed this promise. Now let's return to the definition of love that hooks, lifts up. Love is the will to extend oneself for the purpose of nurturing one's own and another's spiritual growth. Love is as love does. Love is an act of will, namely both an intention and an action. Will also implies choice. We do not have to love. We choose to love. What's so interesting about the shepherd's story is that their encounter with Jesus takes up just one half of one sentence in this whole passage, 20 verses of the shepherd's story. The scripture says, so they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. That's it. That's all we have about their encounter. They're meeting the Christ. Then the focus of the scripture um, shifts, and, it, and, and the real heart of the scripture lies in what they chose to do as a result of the encounter. Hear the rest of the story again. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. In sharing the good news of this Savior, this Messiah, this miraculous birth, the shepherds found not only a place, a new place for themselves to live and thrive, but also chose to nurture the spiritual growth of others. This Advent, let's choose to love by sharing the life that is available to us in the community of God who embraces all. This Christmas, let's share the good news of a Savior who declares the margins as a place of freedom and favor. In that place, we will find life. In that place, we will find love. May it be so. Amen. Oh, Lord, oh, 
how we love you. Oh, how we praise you. Oh, how we worship. Oh, Lord. Our podcast for Epworth United Methodist Church in Berkeley, California. Wherever you're located, we'd love for you to take a next step in growing in faith in this community. Our online worship is at 10 a.m. on Sunday mornings on Facebook, YouTube, and on our website at epworthberkeley.org. Or you can fill out an online connect card at epworthberkeley.org backslash connect. Have a great week.